Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. On June 2nd, 2007, Kelsey was abducted in broad daylight from Target in Overland Park. The effort to find Kelsey grew so large, the volunteers became known as Kelsey's Army. On June 6, 2007, Kelsey's body was found. She had graduated from high school just nine days before being murdered. The person accused was arrested the same day. On July 23, 2008, Kelsey's killer pled guilty to four charges, and on September 16, 2008, he was sentenced to life in prison without any chance of parole. Today, we have the honor of visiting with Kelsey's parents, Missy and Greg Smith. They share their daughter's story about the Kelsey Smith Act and the resources that their foundation offers. We ask them, how as parents can we balance being aware and safe with being scared and living in fear? Missy and Greg were an inspiration to us, and we know that they will be to you as well. Before we get started, we wanted to say thank you to our episode sponsor, Advent Health. Thanks for being here. Hi, Missy and Greg. Welcome to the Kansas City MomCast. Hey, thanks Thank for, you having, for having us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just to get us started, um, you know, many people might be familiar with your story, but could you just tell us a little bit about Kelsey and um, what happened? Go ahead, honey. (laughs) Her middle daughter went to Target department store to pick up a gift for her boyfriend, John, and did not come home. It took four days to find out where she was. And during that time, it became a national and international story because Mm -hmm. of the efforts of her family and her friends. Someone doesn't just go missing in broad daylight out of Target parking lot, but Kelsey did. And unfortunately, on day four, we had found out that she had been murdered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so from that, the Kelsey Smith, the Kelsey Smith Act has come um, and you all have worked to get that passed in all 50 states. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Kelsey Smith Act is and why it's important to future investigations? Um, The Kelsey Smith Act is a law that Greg and I worked on because when Kelsey was missing, we could not get Verizon to tell us the location of her cell phone. The night she went missing, her boyfriend came to me and said, ma'am, my uncle um, used to work for Sprint and he says we can ping her phone. Little did we know at that time, Verizon could not ping a phone, but that created a three-day ordeal of trying to get them to understand what we were asking for. Mm -hmm. And 
not only Greg and I, but the police and the district attorney had reached out to them. They were issued a subpoena and still it wasn't until the night of the third day she had been missing that an FBI agent walked them through exactly what he was asking for. And they said, oh, yeah, we can do that. So they got her cell phone location information. The next morning they went out to the tower. Her phone had made contact with the last tower. And um, the engineer said, here's where you need to look. He um, narrowed the field for them. And within 45 minutes, Kelsey's body was found. I being the wife of a police officer, because Greg was and is a police officer at the time, mm-hmm. could not fathom yep. why could the cell phone provider not just give us where her location was. The phone was in my name. It's my phone. Just tell me where this phone is. And after that, um, I sat down with Greg and I said, it either takes lawsuits or legislation to get yep. big corporations to act. And we didn't sue him. Yeah. 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 What? And this was the days before, like a find my friends, you know, technology. I'm trying to remember. Let's see. Greg, was this 2007? Right. That's correct. Okay. 2007. So, you know, we're in the flip phone era. You're still paying for text messages. um, And cell phones really aren't ubiquitous like they are today. I mean, you know, you, some people had them, some people didn't. Sure. That's sure. when you still had to pay per text message. You yes. Had to, had to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I forgot about that. I'm sure my parents remember that well. Right. <laughs> yes. Her, her um, cell phone plan went up several times because she and John were texting so much. We had to keep increasing the number of text messages she paid for. It's very, it's very relatable. So with the, okay. So with the cell phone company, what was their reason of not letting you guys ping the phone? Was it privacy? Like, what was the reason of them saying, I'm sorry, we can't give you that information? Sure. Yeah, there were several, several reasons. First, it was the privacy issue. But secondly, they just made a mistake. When I called in and said, my child is missing, it should yes. have gotten bumped up to the next level. Absolutely. And it yeah. didn't. Got it. But it took years for Verizon to finally apologize to us and explain to us what had happened. July of that year that Kelsey went missing, we met with Verizon officials and said to them, fix what was broken that night. You Mm -hmm. failed Kelsey. You failed us as a family. And you need to not do this to the next family. Absolutely. And we got the name of the president of Verizon. He was at that meeting with us with three lawyers. And I said, Mm -hmm. if you brought them because you think we're here to sue your asses, that's not what this is about. And a couple of weeks later, I followed up with him because I told him I would follow up with him. He no longer worked for Verizon Mm -hmm. and his assistant had the unfortunate task of telling me the lawyer said they found their protocols to be adequate. Jeez. I'm sure that it goes without saying, but there are doubts in your mind about the outcome if Verizon would have complied immediately. There are not. Kelsey um, was killed within the first hour to hour and a half. It would not have saved her life. It wouldn't have changed. Okay. Right. 
it would have shortened the time that it would have taken your family. Yeah, definitely. We would not have had four days of not knowing where she was. Absolutely. Yes. Got it. Gosh, that's brutal. But however, um, I tend to believe God knew this law needed a change and her parents had the mouth to get it done. So (laughs) that's part of the reason she was out there so long, because had she been found immediately or even had Verizon come back to us and said, okay, we found ABC didn't work Mm -hmm. and we fix those. Greg and I would not have been on a mission to say, no, this is not acceptable. And now um, because Kelsey didn't come home alive, there are many more that do come home alive. Yeah. Which is just wonderful. So, okay. So you guys kind of answered this, but as far as the Kelsey Smith act and the importance of future or current investigations, basically that's just giving, is it law enforcement, the ability to, I don't have the words here. Work with, sure. cell, phone Work with cell phone companies and get right. that immediately is what can happen now. Yes. What what we've got, what we've got is federal law, which is in place now, leaves the determination of whether this is an emergency situation or not up to the cell phone provider. Okay. And if they don't think it's a a life-threatening situation or somebody's in danger of harm, they are not required to give that information out under federal law. So what the Kelsey Smith Act does, at least at the state level, is it changes who makes that decision. If law enforcement says this is an emergency situation, Mm. we need to know where that device is so that we can try and help this person, then they are mandated to give location only, nothing else. You can't get text, pictures, phone calls, nothing else comes off the phone that requires a warrant. This is simply where is the device? Um, I kind of compare it to it's no different than if you use a landline or even a cell phone nowadays to make a 911 call. Your location is given to the dispatcher when you make that call. This is simply somebody that desperately wishes they could make a 911 call and they can't. And And we're just giving the location to law enforcement to help the investigation. When I when I was researching before this episode, um, I saw mentioned, I mean, I think it was 2015, it said of like a carjacking where a baby was inside. And they tracked the mother's phone and were able to find yep. the car. Yeah, that is, happened in Lenexa. Yes, which is, I mean, right. Wonderful right. Yeah, that yeah. your efforts can lead to keeping other people safe. Yeah, that well, took, and we that heard took 20 minutes. So, wow. Go ahead, Greg. I was just saying it took 20 minutes to, for them to be able to locate that that baby after they used the Kelsey Smith Act. Which is- and we um, recently were, well, not, we were in Florida and we heard from law enforcement there, we were speaking at a conference and they came up to us and thanked us um, and said, you guys don't know how much this is used and how many people you are saving, which just made me cry because, you know, our baby is no longer here, but she is saving lives Mm -hmm. everywhere. And when we were in Utah last summer or last spring, we heard from two people, a police officer came up to us to show us a picture of a baby that had obviously been 
neglected by the mother. They were concerned for the baby's safety mm -hmm. and pinged the mother's phone, located her and found the baby. And then we saw pictures of the baby six weeks later with big fat baby cheeks. <laughs> and Aww. this police officer said, your law saved this baby. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's fantastic. Um, can you talk about just the Kelsey Smith, the forming the foundation and I mean, also the act I, of how that all has affected your grief journey? Well, we started the foundation uh, one month to the day that Kelsey went missing. She went missing June 2nd, 2007 and July um, 2nd, we started the foundation, as I recall. Yeah. Um, and at that time, for me as a law enforcement officer, I was looking to see, okay, what kind of training is out there for youth and young adults, you know, ages 13 to 24, um, that has to do with safety. Mm -hmm. And there really wasn't much. There were a lot of programs for kids 12 and under, mm -hmm. but there really wasn't much for that age group. And so I started working on it. I actually collaborated with a couple other police officers and some other people and came up with what we now call the safety awareness seminar, which is for lack of a better term, um, police have a, uh, a training dogma that they go through um, that we call street survival, things you need to know to be able to survive on the street. Mm -hmm. And I, that's what I was looking for. Where's the street survival for youth and young adults? And there wasn't any course like that. So we designed it um, and then made that available to groups, organizations, businesses, schools, colleges. Um, and the very first safety awareness seminar that we did, I think there were 10 people there. It was at a church. Um, and now we've, we've gone all over the United States and, and uh, presented this for, you know, major companies and all kinds of things. And then that morphed into other types of seminars that um, people were asking for. And so we worked on those. And so we have several different programs out there. And then in the last few years, it's moved into where we train law enforcement on how you can obtain the location of a wireless device in an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. uh, and we go all over the United States and, and speak at different conferences, National Sheriff's Association, International Association of Chiefs of Police, the Crimes Against Children Conference, which is held in Dallas every year, which is the largest conference when it comes to working with professionals that try to help children that are in, in trouble from sex trafficking to, you know, victims of crime to whatever. Our biggest thing was um, we literally sat down. That's when the whole um, what would Jesus do? was phenomenal was going on everywhere mm -hmm. and we sat down and said what would kelsey do and it was she would make it better for someone else so yeah. that's what we do we are just trying to make it better for someone else whether that's through training for law enforcement training for people talking about her case um, helping other parents that are going through a similar situation whatever it is um, that would make it better for someone else. One of the hardest things I ever had to do was 
sit in a police seminar where there were pictures of Kelsey um, in a crime scene. And my, mm. my question to Greg and other law enforcement was, are these really needed? And yeah. they said, yes, police learn from this. And I said, okay, then leave them in. Um, yeah. If anyone can learn anything from her case, that's what it's about for us. Mm-hmm. So for the safety seminars, what kind of groups do you see taking these? And, you know, maybe some of our listeners might be interested. Um, what what would you say is the main audience? Or It depends on the seminar. Okay. Um, it's law enforcement, it's students, it's moms. Um, Greg presented to a bunch of moms when our daughter Lindsay started having kids. Our oldest granddaughter is now 13. They mm-hmm. were, lots of young moms were concerned about their safety. So he developed a program for like moms organizations. Mm-hmm. Whatever group you are, we can custom fit a seminar to your group. Okay. That's very cool. Very, very cool. So I feel like thinking about this from kind of a mom perspective or a parent perspective, it's so hard to balance being aware of things with being freaked out and scared and not wanting your kid to leave the house or to, you know, even now, like in our neighborhood, you know, it may, it's sad, but when I think about like my kids just walking down the street to go to somebody's house, like I get kind of anxious about that. I let them do it. Um, but it's just sad that that's just kind of like where we're at, I guess, or maybe where I'm at personally. So do you guys have any advice? Like, how do you balance that with being aware, Don't. being safe, but then sure. also letting your kids live their life? Yeah. What, so we do, what we do with our safety awareness seminar, the whole point of that, is to enhance people's ability, as you were talking about, to be aware of Mm -hmm. what's going on. The whole point of the safety awareness seminar is to not find yourself in the situation Kelsey found herself in. What what can you do? What can you pay attention to to increase your chances of that not happening? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the second side of that seminar is to be able to empower people because there is a tendency when you talk about this, there's apprehension, there's anxiety, yeah. um, there's fear. And um, so the whole point of this is to try to try to remove that from the equation and say, okay, yes, we live in a world where terrible things happen. Here's what you can do to keep yourself safer. Yeah. Um, realizing that this is not a, this is not a silver bullet. This is not a panacea, but it's the best evidence-based information that we can give you to keep you and and your children safe yeah what's do you and i would add go ahead missy uh, i would add the story um that happened just a few weeks after kelsey was killed and that was our daughter cody wanted to go to that very mall um her Mm -hmm. friend was going to the mall and cody asked if she could go and we let her go because we could not be so fearful that we don't let her live. Kelsey's right. killer wasn't taking any more from us. He took Kelsey. That's it. That doesn't mean that every day is easy. It's not. And and now as we have grandchildren um, and they're learning about Aunt Kelsey, some of those things come up and, and we have to explain that all over. It's a, it's a daily thing. But you can't 
live in such a bubble that you don't live. Yeah. I also find it hard to, as a parent, to know, like, when do you teach your kids, you know, about just safety and awareness and that kind of thing without inducing anxiety or freaking out your child? You know, like I remember, say, I don't know if you had this. So I was in elementary school in the nineties. I'm two years older than Kelsey would, um, would be now. And we had housewives streetwise. You guys ever heard of that program? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Greg, I don't know how you, from a child's perspective, I remember it was, um, like scare tactic is kind of how I would, um, that's how I remember it. So like videos and, you know, your stereotypical, like, you know, I, you know, I have a puppy, come help me find my puppy or come get candy that, you know, your those types of things. Um, and I remember that was in third grade and I haven't talked with my, my daughter is almost in third grade. Um, we'll be in third grade in the fall and we haven't approached that topic partially because, and this is very um, naive and ignorant of myself as a parent, but like, I don't want her to even know that there's people out there that do this stuff. So it's this, that's that line of like helping your child learn how to keep themselves safe. It's like, when's an appropriate age? I don't know. I just, that is one of the hardest things for me. And now there's like the whole terminology, terminology change from, you know, stranger, stranger danger to like tricky people. You guys heard this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, because most things that happen um, are not from a stranger. That's mm-hmm. a misnomer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and the big thing, I mean, as far as an age to start this, here's here's what I recommend. Yeah. Give me, give me, give us all your advice. Um, it. I mean, number one, it's going to depend on your. You know your child better than anyone. Sure. So it's going to depend on what you think is is in the best interest of your child. But the things that that you push early are they know their name. Yeah. They know mom and dad's name, not just mom and dad. Yep. Mm -hmm. They know their address. They know a phone number where somebody can reach their parents. Yep. Um, Those are the types of things that right off the bat can keep them safe. Um, The other thing is as they get older, uh, you can start working with like, a code word or a code phrase, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, you know, something happens and you're not able to pick your child up from school, but you're going to have your mm-hmm. neighbor who their best friend, you know, um, it says your next door neighbor and they're going to pick up both kids from school. Just have a code phrase that that kid says to that person so that they know, yep, it's okay to go with them. You know, it can be something silly like pickles or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but just a just a word so that they know. Okay, this person has permission to take me in their car somewhere, um, rather than somebody coming up like you're saying, "Hey, come see my puppy." Well, if they're not talking about pickles, they're not going to go see the puppy. Right. Um, you know that that kind of thing. It's 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 it sounds simple. It sounds common sense, and it is. Um, the problem is in today's world, we kind of tend to forget those things. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is just talking to your children about be aware of what's going on around them. If something looks weird, then it is weird. Yeah. Um, trust and, trust and, your gut. Always yes. trust your gut. Sure. Pay Even as parents. I mean, sometimes you, you will have this strange feeling and you talk yourself out of it. Don't talk uh-huh. yourself out of it. If it doesn't feel right, it's not. 
-hmm. Yes. You know, if you, if you, if you're an NCIS person that, you know, you watch that series and, and Jethro Gibbs, that's his, that's his thing, you know, trust your gut. Yeah. Um, And, and that is so true. Um, We're wired that way on purpose. Um, You know, there's our, there's a a system uh, in our brains that it's, it's only reason for existence is that we take in information and it decides is this going to hurt me or not? And that's where that gut instinct comes from. I always, when I do presentations, I talk about, I don't, one of the insurance companies every fall around Halloween does a commercial and there's a group of people um, that are running around trying to get away from the guy with a chainsaw and they're hiding in different places. And this girl is, you know, tearfully looks at her friends and say, why don't we just get in the car over here that's running? And the guy says, no, no, let's go hide behind the chainsaws over here. <laughs> okay, there's there's the example. Trust your gut. Get in the car right. and get out of there. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Ugh, that's good. Um. So as people are listening to this, what would be your message to – and, you know, we talked about a little bit parents listening today or, you know, just moms as we navigate life. And if people hear your story and your efforts, um, what would be your message? Well, I would caution parents that think it only happens to girls. It doesn't mm-hmm. just happen to girls. We point. happen to have a daughter, but a, um, young men are just as at risk. Sure. But again, like I said earlier, don't be such a parent, you know, living in a bubble that you don't let your child live. Take precautions. If that means you think they need to have a cell phone, that's okay. Um, You know, our our youngest two were 10 and 12 when everything happened with Kelsey and they got cell phones immediately so we could find out where they were um, at all times. But you have to let them live. And life is about experiences. Mm -hmm. If you don't you know, if you protect them so much, they won't have those experiences to be able to trust their guts when they're older either. Right. Yeah. That's really good. Greg, do you have any kind of closing thoughts for us at all? Yeah, there's, um, there's a book out there called The Gift of Fear, um, which I would highly recommend that, that parents read. Um, it just does a very, very, very good job of showing how fear can be used to manipulate us. Like, for example, um, if, if you watch the news, and I don't care what network you watch, it, every headline is designed to cause apprehension. Yes. Um, and so it's a matter of being able to recognize, okay, yeah, that's bad news, but is that an immediate threat to me right now? Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it's not. Um, and that's really what it boils down to. People hear bad things all the time, particularly with 24-7 news. Um, and it's a matter of determining, okay, what what is something that's impacting me right this second? Um, I think one of the best sayings in that book is, if you can worry about it, it's not a threat. Hmm. If you have time to worry about it, it's not an immediate threat to you. If you're in the position where you have to react to something, 
then yeah, now, now we're in an emergency situation. Mm -hmm. Um, but the big thing is, is, you know, don't overthink it, trust your gut, pay attention to what's going on around you. Um, those are the things that can keep you safer. Um, I never say that it's a hundred percent because there's always something unpredictable that could happen, but following those, those guidelines, um, is a real good baseline for safety. That's really good. Uh, thank you guys so much. Seriously. No, we appreciate it. We, like Missy said, if, if anything that we can do, um, you know, demonstrate from Kelsey's case that helps other people, then, then we're going to continue to do that. Well, thank you for all your efforts and oh my gosh, it's like seriously like an honor to talk to you guys. Oh, we're just two parents. I know, (laughs) but I just, I don't know. You guys are just, um, I'm just kind of in awe of everything with you guys and appreciate all the work that you've done to help keep, you know, other, other people's kids safe. Well, thank you. And thank you for having us on. And I know you asked earlier and I don't think I've, completely answered your question, but sure. if people are interested in that safety awareness seminar, yes. Kelsey's, Kelsey'sArmy.org. Okay, great. Yes. We're going to share, we are going to link to all of that um, in our show notes. So awesome. for anyone awesome. interested, yes, they can um, get on there and figure out how to do those seminars. They sound amazing. Um, we were looking at them before the, before the um, recording and those are, it's just such a great resource that you guys have put together and offered and We appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Thank you guys so much for your time. Okay. Thank you. Absolutely. We all know that life happens big and small. Whether your family is welcoming a new baby, experiencing an emergency, or in need of a primary care provider, you can trust Advent Health South Overland Park to be with you every step of the way. Located at 165th and 69 Highway, Advent Health South Overland Park offers a full range of medical services, including heart care, surgery, birth center, and a 24-7 ER. Advent Health South Overland Park brings expert care in a warm, soothing environment so that you can get back to feeling whole. Learn more by visiting adventhealthkc.com backslash southop. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.